Howdy and hello. Welcome to Honky Tonk Happy Hour with the University of New Mexico Honky Tonk Ensemble, co-facilitated by... I'm Christina Jacobson, and I play acoustic guitar and steel guitar. Christina co-facilitates with... My name is Alex McMahon. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My primary instrument is the guitar. And we are the ensemble this fall. I'm Eva Stricker. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I play the fiddle. This is Kevin from Los Angeles, now of Albuquerque. I'm here to play my guitar. This is Frank. I'm from the uh, Boston area originally, but I've been in Albuquerque a long time, and I play rhythm guitar. I'm Aubrey from northern New Mexico, and I play the bass. Join us on our honky-tonkin' adventure. Hello again, and thanks for joining us on our first podcast. As an ensemble in the middle of a pandemic, we are exploring our options in ways we can still perform while socially distancing. Alex, can you tell us a little bit about your approach to recording? A lot of times what I try to do with recording is like I'll sit down and I'll I look at it as, as a form of stream of consciousness and I'll try to uh, reach what my idea is, <laughs> at least as close as I can get to it. I don't know. I mean, I play a bunch of instruments, so it's usually an excuse to um, kind of stay sharp on everything and, and um, always be thinking like, what other sounds can I get? that will work and you know not looking at everything is is a very um you know defined relationship and you know you can just get really weird sounds and i'm always looking for the happy accident and a lot of times in recording especially recording at home some of those things can come easier because you're not necessarily as as committed to staring at the clock and wondering how much money you're losing and it's more so like what can I do? And it's really fun to be, you know, experimental and you can really, you know, kind of experiment with timbre and tone and all these things. Yeah, thank you. It's so interesting to think about how inconveniences can turn into opportunities. We'll have more from Alex later. Today, we've got two songs for you. Frank is going to start us off with Roll in My Sweet Baby's Arms, a tune the group has been practicing and just this past week remotely recorded. And after that, more from Alex, who will talk about his recording process for his cover of Willie Nelson's Are You Sure?, as well as his influences and experiences as a gigging and professional musician in Albuquerque and the world. So pull up a chair to the proverbial fire, and however socially isolated we are in these times, we hope that this music and this podcast warms the coggles of your heart, even in a cold snap in September. Take it away, Frank. So this year, the uh, UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble is playing outside. We're playing outside under a tent, acoustic instruments um, due to the pandemic. And we thought we'd start the semester with a bluegrass song, because bluegrass music is always unplugged, at least traditional bluegrass music is. It's always acoustic. And bluegrass is interesting. It's a uniquely American form of music, just like jazz or rock and roll or the blues or country. And like those, it shares similar influences, which is a a mix of um, European and African instruments and traditions. Um, But unlike the others, bluegrass was actually invented by Uh, one guy, and that's uh, Bill Monroe in the 1940s. And it gets his name from the name of his band, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. And I think that probably means that that was the most successful band name ever. This song, Roll in My Sweet Baby's Arms, was first released by a single, as a single in 1951 by two former members of Bill Monroe's band, uh, Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs. And 
it's been a uh, bluegrass standard ever since. So here is the UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble's first song of the semester, our version of Rollin' My Sweet Baby's Arms. McMahon, and I'm going to talk about my cover of the song Are You Sure by Willie Nelson. So to start, as I start a lot of song ideas or sketches or anything, I always use a, a drum machine. A little bit of um, <laughs> just the fact that they're always available and sometimes a, a drummer or a drum set is not practical or available. 
a lot of times I'll I'll record with a with a drum machine, and then I will swap that out with actual drums. So I'll have my friend Greg Williams. He usually uh, he's like the best drummer I know. So I always I always go to him, um, or we'll do things remotely. So yeah, I started with the uh, with the drum machine, found a tempo that was comfortable, and then the first thing I did is I recorded acoustic guitar, just a little Martin. Uh, acoustic guitar and a, and a big condenser mic. I think I was in like drop D tuning, um, just to get some of the some of the low stuff. And then, and th- this is usually the the process that I think about recording <laughs> recording too. So the the next thing I did is I added uh, electric bass, and the electric bass that I tend to use is a uh, it's a converted Dan Electro baritone guitar, um, but that I've converted into what's called a bass six which isn't like a contemporary six-string bass. It's actually uh, kind of the, <laughs> this weird kind of anomalous instrument that, that was sort of introduced in the probably like the mid to late 60s. And the, the Beatles all over the White Album, all of the, the bass sounds are the bass six. And it, it's kind of cool because you can kind of play it like a guitar and you can, you know, you can play chords. But then it also, I mean, it's in the exact same register as a bass. So it's super cool instrument it's something that i use all the time and it's nice because then again i i try to do every everything in-house in as much as i can or at least what's available drum machine acoustic guitar then the bass and i think after the bass is when i recorded my vocal take which took a lot longer (laughs) than all the other instruments um just because i get way too ocd with singing I, I think with with instruments i tend to uh i allow a pretty high degree of spontaneity and but then yeah i'm not <laughs> i'm like an instrumentalist first i'm a vocalist like seventh so i get a little in my own head so once i record my vocal track then i send a rough mix to my friend meredith meredith wilder who um i played in a band with for i probably you know, I think we've been playing music together for like 10 years. Um, so I sent that to her for her to add her harmony to. And while she was doing that, I recorded my pedal steel guitar. That way I can kind of play off of the human voice, which I think is usually like a better kind of interaction for that instrument. Because the pedal steel can really quickly become like this all-encompassing thing. And it gets too... Um, I don't know, too idiosyncratic or too uh, like country sounding, but but in like the uh, kind of false like new Nashville way. So I like the interplay of the um, steel playing off of the voice. That's I mean that's what I would do in any live setting, and then really any recorded setting. I tend to do the same thing and kind of playing off of the fact that the the steel kind of sits in the same uh, register as, as the human voice. So. Um, yeah, I recorded that, and then once I got Meredith's vocal part back, I put that back in, EQ'd a couple things here and there, like I'm running the drum machine through some plugins to kind of give it a little oomph and try try feigning that it that it sounds like a real thing or that it actually could make a subwoofer move a little bit. And yeah, that's that's kind of it. Look around you, look down the bar from you, 
the lonely faces you will see and are you sure that this is where I think that this version of uh, Are You Sure is, is probably a, a decent resume as far as some of my influences. I was really early, early on fascinated with, with home recording. and I had a, a four-track tape machine and um, a couple different microphones that were terrible, <laughs> like really awful stuff, that um, led to me really experimenting uh recording music when I was got in like middle school and all through high school it was always like my little um like my getaway I would go home and write these little songs and record you know the the bass and the guitar and and if I had drums I would play drums or I would use the drums on keyboards like I still do yeah that was that was like the beginning of really I don't know when I think about it I, I think it was like the beginning of actually listening to music 
and understanding at least some of the, the processes that went into um, to making it. And, and, and especially in the sense of it being like physically tangible, you know, I had these <laughs> bins full of cassette tapes. So you know, if I wanted to have, you know, a friend of mine, you know, play a guitar solo or play drums, I would either have to have them come to my house or <laughs> entrust them with the tape and, and like almost have to have like a, like a blood pact. It's like, you cannot lose this. <laughs> So it's kind of it's kind of fun now. Um, the fact you know with Dropbox and uh, you know di digital recording that's that's really um, user friendly and 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 super uh, straightforward. That that process just makes everything that much that much quicker and and easier. But I feel like you can still kind of treat the um, treat the computer as a as a tape machine. And I I try to um, you know I don't use Auto Tune and. A lot of the edits that I make, I always am trying to think like, you know, would would the fourteen year old version of me listen to that and be like, "Oh, that's lame," <laughs> which is I don't know if that's a, a a realistic barometer or not, but that's that's sort of been a constant. But kind of going back to um to playing in a, in a band with Meredith, um, Meredith and, and Greg and I uh, were in a band called Wildwood. We haven't we haven't played a show in in probably over a year now and we started we started playing music together probably over 10 years ago yeah that was like we played all the time and we would rehearse all the time we were playing you know th three-hour gigs all the time and it was a ton of covers and it was a ton of like you know standards but then also a really cool platform to develop whatever our sound was and and certainly over the course of 10 years i mean it definitely that was um it was never a straight path, you know, a lot of time, I, I think that all of us would experience different things in our lives or, or just get interested in different things. And then that would always kind of come through the music. But for me, that was an, an amazing introduction to singing and songwriting and kind of every everything involved in being in a band other than playing the instruments. <laughs> you know, we, we traveled a lot, we would, we would tour and we would go up to the Pacific Northwest and toured in the Midwest and it was just a lot of fun and um, you know it was always nice to see the way that us just being able to get along totally uh, came through in the music too there was really strong camaraderie and, and openness between all three of us and the fact that the three of us all play so many different instruments we would end up you know doing kind of this musical chairs thing throughout like a longer set and I don't know that I ever played <laughs> I don't think I ever played drums but uh Greg would alternate between playing keyboard and um, accordion and harmonica, as well as the drums. And then Meredith singing and playing guitar and playing bass and playing keyboard. And yeah, it was always a lot of fun. So we, we, still, we still work on music. We just do everything remotely. That's actually been something kind of nice during the, during the pandemic. You know, it's kind of funny. It makes some musicians like more productive than, <laughs> than they would be otherwise. And then there's a there's a couple other bands that I play with here in town. One of them being Michael Moxie and the Easy Sinners, which is sort of a um, kind of a Graham Parsons era birds thing, sort of a, a Bakersfield meets um, Espanola <laughs> kind of sound. It's um, really fun. I've I've played I've played with them the last couple probably like three years now. We've put out two albums that we recorded at a studio here in New Mexico. And that's really fun for me because as much as I love country western music, most of the bands that I play in 
don't really play that. It's it's fun sometimes to to try to have like a self self-imposed discipline as far as like okay, I'm going to be playing a, a genre and I'm I'm going to allow the genre to define like my playing to an to an extent or at least um you know, if I'm doing like a Bakersfield country song, like my tone and my approach and everything is is going to echo that and it won't be like, I don't know, Eddie Van Halen playing Chet Atkins or something. The uh, let's see another another band um so my friend greg williams and i have we've been in a in a in a band together for i don't even know how long um we started playing as a as a duo because we would always be the rhythm section for bands people would hire us to um record albums with them or play shows or you know tour and, and all that kind of stuff so so we were like a like a moving rhythm section and we've we've played music together for so long and i think we're we're such close friends that it's it's so easy it's just like this musical synergy that we don't even have to talk i mean we can just sit down and start playing and it's it's usually pretty effortless yeah we were asked to score a film for our friend jesse littlebird some years ago and that was sort of our first step into the um instrumental music world although i mean he and i are both like total like pedal geeks and and we love making you know, droney, weird music. Um, so yeah, we we decided we would record like a like a full length album, and we just self released it, self produced it. And then after we released that, we got signed to a label here in Albuquerque called Desert Records, and they put out our second full length album, and that's been really cool. And we were prior to the pandemic, we were touring a little bit and. We're playing up in the Pacific Northwest, and we were playing shows in Arizona. We've got um, friends in Arizona that are kind of in a similar vein, so it, it's kind of it's kind of nice. I mean, I never knew that there was a scene for people to do this sort of like you know David Lynch spaghetti western music is the best way I can even think to describe it. Although I don't really believe in labels or or trying to define something that's so chock full of like so many different things going on. Another another band that I play in is a band called the Handsome Family, who they've they've been a band for well over twenty years. I've I've been really fortunate, and I kind of uh, I started playing with them probably probably five years ago. Yeah, we I mean they they tour all over the world, so it's like I've I've been all over Europe and all over the U.S. I've been really fortunate on their on their last I got to play on their last album, and then there's an album that they're they're finishing now that I I played a lot on and. Yeah, just a just a really amazing way to get to uh, travel all over the the world, and their music is is oftentimes described as sort of this dark Americana, and yeah, you can definitely hear the in- influence of like really early country and western music, and then also um, just a bunch of other otherness. That's that's really interesting for me because then as a, as an instrumentalist, I come in, and I always feel that it's it's my job. Knowing how captivating the the songs are, and 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 lyrically they're just, you know, immense. So then I think it's it's my job to make the sounds that you know, if somebody in the audience has never heard the song before, I want them to feel like they're in that narrative. So that's really fun for me because it's relatively cinematic, but then also super um, approachable, and it's you know, no, nothing nothing about it is. It's like over anybody's head. If if anything, it's just uh, 
it's a lot of like kind of everyday kind of stuff, but with this really absurdist kind of twist. It's it's almost like um, I think of it kind of like as magical realism, or you know, Hank Williams Sr. didn't realize that he had psilocybin mushrooms and then started singing <laughs> a different song entirely. But yeah, that's that's most of the bands that I play in. But lately, most of my work musically is is done at my desk at home. A lot of remote recording projects for people. But one of my biggest influences is uh, Daniel Lanois, who's a French-Canadian producer and and, and musician who's, I, I, I definitely uh, resonate with his approach as far as like just capture everything. Like the happy accident is, is, a, is a thing that, you know, is exciting for you as the performer or the engineer. But then um, that could be the thing that when people re-listen to a song or re-listen to an album, there's something that's very humane about it and there's something very believable and realistic, which is something I've always have gravitated towards. Well, here's to those happy accidents. Alex, thanks for sharing with us. And for those listeners out there, we hope that you'll join us next time. We'll catch you later. Bye.